Welcome to Q&A, A Deeper Dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Howdy, I'm Mark Presley, and you're listening to A Deeper Dive with Sam Holm. Now, we've been off for a few weeks, at least Sam and I have been off. We've been interviewing different staff members as part of this podcast, going a little bit deeper in their ministries. If you haven't heard those, we do encourage you to go back. I believe there's Randy, Sharla, Rob, and we're still trying to get Grant to kind of dig a little deeper in what their ministries do around here and and ways they can help you. Now, this past week, we went back into Romans. If you've been following our church or if you are a regular attender, we've been we went through Romans one through twelve, and we're going to go thirteen through sixteen. Is that correct, Sam? That's right. Yes. And you are hearing yes. The great Sam Holm is back with us after a few weeks. We've been celebrating 150 years. I would sing Happy Birthday, but if you were here, I don't think we did. We sing Happy Birthday. Anybody? We did not sing Happy Birthday. That now you're just bringing that up. So now I feel like we we missed happy an opportunity. Happy birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. My mom calls me every Happy Birthday, and she has her class sing to me. It's kind of tradition. I love it. So, but anyways, uh, we did a little Happy Birthday, 150 years of the church, and we celebrated. We had several pastors back, but we paused this um, podcast to kind of take some time and focus on that. But we do encourage you, as we get back into this, that you will like it, share it, you'll tell, tell your friends about it for sure. Um, I will remind you, we are taking your questions. As you look ahead, uh, Romans 13 through 16, send those in. You can text the word question to 96123. You'll get a response, and then you can ask the question that way, and, and we'll dig a little deeper on those questions. We received numerous ones this week. Uh, Sam talked about the first of Romans, Romans 1 through 13, 1 through 7, kind of submitting to government. But uh, I probably wouldn't do a good job summarizing it. So why don't you summarize it for us, Sam? (laughs) Hey, I'm excited that y'all have interacted with this text. It is a hot topic right now. It's amazing to me every week how intensely practical Scripture is and how it is always relevant. And what Paul does is he tells the church in Rome, and the church in Rome was in a highly toxic political environment. He tells the church in Rome to place themselves under the government leaders. That's what he tells them to do. Why? Because he says that God has put government leaders in their places, and then how do we do that? And he says to do good, and I pointed out specifically that he doesn't say obey them. He says do good, right? And if, if the government were to call us to disobey God, we disobey the government, not God. Uh, talked about Daniel as a specific example of that. He says, then pay your taxes, and they were paying taxes uh, in an intense, again, political environment, and then to show honor. Uh, specifically, that last one is intense right now for us because we're in an environment where mudslinging is going on constantly politically, and there are strong opinions uh, on both sides of the aisle uh, about uh, negative qualities in leaders and then also the, the positions of different parties. And so we, we're not showing a lot of honor right now. And uh, so we talked about what does it look like for Christians to do this? Uh, we also started it by saying, hey, this is a passage that has been uh, used at times to lead people to obey the government when the government is leading in an incredibly negative way, like in Nazi Germany. This was one of the passages that was preached in churches. And so again, uh, that, that I thought important caveat in the middle of it, if the government leads us to 
disobey God, we disobey the government, not God. And again, that's consistent in Scripture. But yes, place ourselves under government leaders. God has put government leaders in their places. How do we do that? Do good, pay taxes, show honor. That's what the text says. And great, great summary. I will say if you want to listen to his full sermon, uh, you can always go back in any of the sermons or any of the sermons from the 150 or even farther back. Um, go to firstmckinney.com slash on demand, and all the information is there, how you can do that. Or we hope you'll join us each week, 915, 1045. Again, like, share this podcast as we get going. Now, as I said, Sam, I think it's because you've been gone, but we got numerous questions at least hey, for the record i've not been gone well no I but i'm in preaching at, each week correct, i've been here correct, all the time correct yes 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 <laughs> i'm sorry for saying it that way but um we got about 10 12 questions more gone from the podcast is what i meant there you go okay said that. but um we got 10 11 12 questions and a lot of them had to do with the politics of things so i want to give you a chance to just kind of hit some of that. And and I'll ask it this way. There were two specific questions that I pulled out. But the first one was, I know there have always been political divisions. We have two political parties here in the U.S. And total time out, I did think it was fitting. We never even addressed it. The Queen's funeral yeah, and all that, that, they're changing the monarchy and all that. This mm-hmm. fits with it too, that mm-hmm. there will be, as you read about there being kings and coming in and out. I thought of that real life application there too, that that's taking place, not just here, but mm-hmm. in Europe. But back to the question. I know there have always been political divisions. Why does it seem to be more hate-filled right now? And then another person asked it this way, uh, and a little bit different angle, but you quoted that people talk about the government like enemies. What about when the government talks about those people it serves like their enemies? Yes. So both do have to do with hate and division and all that. So yeah. kind of hit on that for a minute. Yeah, so why is it so intense right now, and uh, how do we not respond uh, to the government if the government seems to be using language and so we actually, a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about what's happening right now. We, we pointed back to an article that was written, uh, Why Have the Last Ten Years in U.S. History Been Uniquely Stupid, was the, the title of the article. It's an Atlantic article. And studying how what's happening right now, even in our media and in our social media, is we are prompting emotional responses and those that are liked or shared twice as much over other emotional responses are negative emotional responses that are directed at uh, the other tribe, uh, uh, whatever that means. And so this is happening in spades, not just politically, it's happening in spades for the Cowboys and the Eagles fans, frankly. But we're seeing it a lot because media is covering Wait, political are issues. are there fans besides Cowboy fans? No, there's not, not Okay, not just Christian making sure. <laughs> or Baylor fans. Yeah, Baylor and Cowboys. There yeah, we go. There you go. They're, they're the ones that will be in heaven, so they're the only ones that matter. Uh, okay, for the record, if you're just now listening, we don't actually believe that. Um, Maybe not heaven, but the championship for sure. It's still early in the season. There you go. And we both have lost already. Very yes, but early. it's still early in the season. Yes. It was a good loss, as yes. they say. Anyways, back to the divisions. Yeah, and so our political leaders also are getting pushed into this right now to use negative language because negative language is what gets votes. And uh, we are seeing that, and so, of course, we respond negatively to negative language, and then we use negative language back. And uh, so I do believe, I I believe Christians are called to live above that and uh, to not 
uh, you're wearing our four shirt right now, for the neighbors, for the nations, for the next generation, that we're to be for people, not against people. Now, we are against wrong. Uh, he says in chapter 12, you abhor what is evil, you hold fast to what is good. And so we must continue to do that. But we don't abhor people. Uh, and, and that is the language that's liked. It's the language that's shared right now. And so I think that's why it's so much more intense. And, uh, and I'm praying, I'm praying that God would help Christians be part of the solution to turn our culture right now. I do love, uh, I can't remember when it was last summer, last spring, you, you taught a sermon and you talked about the echo chamber. I think that's the terminology used. Mm -hmm. And you talked about when we're on social media, we're just looking for things to echo what we already believe. And that's what happens if, if you're getting a lot of hate. It's not that you're a hateful person, but that's that's what's coming out in, in what you're seeing and getting. So therefore, hate breeds hate, yes. you know, that kind of thing. So yes, um, I think I said that correctly, but uh, and that's what's happening. Yep. I feel a lot of this if you're watching certain news channels uh, on social media, different things, you're getting that negative thing and you're not getting the biblical truth Absolutely. that you need to get. Yeah, but we uh one of the things we said through the COVID season and was kind of a repeated go back to we we've got to be reading the good news before we're getting the news from a worldly source right now because uh, frankly when people even ask me what's a, what's a non-biased news source it's really hard to find it other than what we have from the Holy Spirit. And uh, the tone that the Spirit gives us is different than the tone that the world gives us. Well, let me ask, because uh, a lot of the questions I said were political in nature, but let's go back to the start of America. And they talked about the American Revolution, and, and there were two specific questions about the American Revolution, because mm -hmm. that would be our founding fathers, mm -hmm. uh, who many believe were Christian, but our founding fathers fighting against another government, the monarchy that we already mentioned. Yes. Uh, and we did win that one, for the record. But... Uh, what what do you say about that? Yes, yeah, so, so I, I again I believe when the government calls us to disobey God, we disobey the government, not God. And there was something unique happening during the revolution because there was a national church of England. Uh, we're blessed right now to have separation of church and state. That does not mean that the the church does not inform how we vote. Right? I think that's super important. We should have Christians leading in the state. But the, the government of England was forcing a religion on the people that were part of it, and that was—if if you look at the doctrine, uh, we would not fully align with what that is. And so, praise God, our government is not doing that to us right now, not forcing us. Now, that may come at one point to say, no, you can't believe this, or you must believe this. This is the— and so uh, they were in a unique situation, and I think appropriately said, no, that's disobedience to God. We're not going to do that. It led to a revolution, and that may be in our future. And not here to predict the future, but let me bring it home for some people. Uh, one question asked, uh, to take it a little more personal, but how do you respond to a friend that you might disagree with politically? You didn't preach on that Sunday, but it, it's a good thing to look at when you have that friend across the the Eagles fan as we talked about earlier how do you how do you minister to them how do you respond how do you reach out to them in love uh, so Justin's going to preach this next week uh, what does it look like for us to love our neighbor right uh, the, the neighbor, uh, I believe, in the context of the passage, is not saying necessarily someone who believes the exact same you believe. I mean, it's people that are going to believe different, that we need to be proactive in love. And because of the heightened tensions right now, politics comes up on occasion. And so there's times right on now— On occasion yeah, or a lot? A lot. <laughs> lot. There's times right now where I choose not 
to enter into the dialogue. And I'll listen and, and say, hey, it's neat to hear your opinion, but on purpose, because I'm actually caring about the individual, I want the individual to push into me, not away from me, right? And I, I th- one of the things that saddens me is I think often right now Christians are expecting non-Christians uh, to believe and think the way that we believe and think, and they don't know Jesus yet. And so we have to remember that the goal is ultimately not winning an argument, it's winning a person to faith in Christ. And so I, if not if those friends that you have that disagree with you strongly politically, right, uh, you, you need to... You need to find ways to show love to them doesn't mean you don't enter that conversation and help them if they can see it in love and, and understand it in love right now. I want more Christians uh, in political positions in our country. We need more. I, we, we want more Christians to vote in line with Scripture. We need more of that. Um, and that the tone of the conversation, though, if it's going the wrong direction, it's not going to be helpful uh, for you to j- jump in. Uh, Y'all y- know right? What that looks like. And so be wise and discerning. And we do encourage, I would say we encourage our people to vote, to participate in yes. political stuff. It's not run away from it, but it is be wise um, when you're talking to a friend, a colleague, coworker, um, because in the end you want them to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll see those divisions. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Um, and, and it leads me to another question that came in and I'll phrase it as kind of the echo chamber thing we were talking about earlier, that you're hearing the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. Uh, You go to a canyon and you shout out and you hear that phrase back and all those. How do we get out of our echo chamber, out of our sphere a little bit, and hear truth from both political sides? Yeah. So to me, again, it starts with the Bible. Uh, uh, We, we, uh, Yeah. Some people might think, what are you, a psycho? Like, if you're new to church and you're like, why do we go to this book that's 2,000 years old? And, and uh, that why, why is every message just like, okay, what does it say instead of what we think? Uh, this book is not just the best-selling book of all time. This book has literally transformed the lives of millions and millions and millions of people, including my own. This book, when it's been lived in line with, has led to the most successful cultures the world has ever seen. If you want to know what human flourishing looks like, you look at cultures that have lived in response to this book. And so, uh, yeah, to me, the short answer to that question is, again, get your news from Scripture first. And I I really don't know a non-biased source. I don't think there's such thing when it comes to man. But maybe it's for you. If, if you are knowing you're listening to this side, listen to some on the other side too. Maybe it's, it's looking for some more of a balanced diet from the, the, those that uh, are, you can see are speaking negative to one side or the other side. Um, I, I think that's an important thing for us to, to, to do, to, to see both sides. Uh, not to mean you need to believe both sides, but there's just not, there's no such thing as a human unbiased source. No, and I think that is that is the key is to, uh, again, to go back to even the statement you made just before, we need to show them Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, for our neighbors, for the next generation, mm-hmm. um, for the nations. We need to show them Jesus, and that's what they need to see in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it starts with more than just coming and hearing a sermon on Sunday. It's are you in the Word daily? Mm-hmm. Are you reading that Word in this is that where you're getting your source of hope and source of light? Because if you do watch the news, I know I can watch the news. And even if I don't think it's hate-filled, I usually end the the program or whatever a little upset at all the things that I've seen or watched or whatever. And you can find that hope in the Bible. Yes. 
you know, so. Absolutely. Now, we've talked a lot about politics. We've talked um, a lot about how to find that, how to find the right side, both sides, how to find God in all this. But mm -hmm. Jesus, you know, this guy who walked the earth yes, and, yes. and all that that the Bible talks about, uh, he kind of had some conflict. And he had conflict with the government specifically. Mm -hmm. Actually, one of our questions came in, wasn't Jesus killed? I think he was a Baylor fan too, wasn't he? Um, but wasn't Jesus killed he because said the he... streets are gold. No, actually it wasn't him that said <laughs> no. that. Yeah. Now we've lost the all other college sports. They're no longer going to the listen to tree this. Tree of life is green. The streets are gold in heaven. I'm just curious. Yes, yes. Anyways. <laughs> um, what was the question? I'm sorry. I don't remember <laughs> now, but here we go. Wasn't Jesus killed because he claimed to be a king and not Caesar. Yes. Doesn't it that mean we should push back against the government? Yes, when the government is calling us to disobey God or to idolize the government. Uh, I, In fact, I, I want to combine it to another question that, that I'll, I'll get to here in just a second. But yes, Jesus, he, he did not deny that he was the Son of God, the Son of Man, or again, Daniel prophecy of the Messiah that had come. Uh, he was the king. Uh, they put over him on the cross, the king of the Jews. Jesus didn't die because of uh, what he taught. Jesus died because of who he said he was. Uh, Jesus was not apologetic that he was above the government rule at that point in time, and so he was killed for it. Um, again, uh, and I think that's in the text. It's all over what we read in Romans chapter 13, that, that God is the one in control of those who are in government positions. But so, so here's, here's the push, and I'll get to another question that's right here. So observation, the people who missed Jesus were those who were expecting a political deliverer. And those are the religious people. This is so beautiful. <laughs> so I, I, but yeah, I wish I had preached this on Sunday, actually. I wish I'd preached this on Sunday. This is this is new thoughts even for me right now. It's having them this morning. God had done had something greater planned than a political deliverer, right? And so the religious leaders missed him. They were looking for this political deliverer from Rome. Could it be that Christians right now are in a similar are similar to the religious leaders during Jesus' time? Uh, some, not all, thank goodness. But I, I it grieves me when when I see some Christians right now putting so much hope in politics and really looking for more of a political deliverer than they are putting hope in Jesus and looking to Christ and to where he is. Uh, Wait, say that again, because that's, that's, that's key right there. Yeah, uh, it grieves me when not just Christians, but many in our culture, but many Christians are putting hope in a political figure or a political deliverer more than they're putting hope in Jesus. And so... It, I think when that happens, we look very much like the religious leaders who missed Jesus altogether and ended up crucifying him because he was claiming to be God, right? Um, so I, I fear in my own life, where do I miss it? I mean, the, I, reading the Gospels, the religious leaders were Jesus's enemies, and I'm a religious leader, and so every time I'm reading the Gospels, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> Lord, where am I missing it right now, Right. Uh, but that should that should wake us up a little bit to think that that at the time of Christ, those who missed Christ were primarily that not I mean other but yeah, those that crucified him because of who he claimed to be, and those that put him there because they were looking for this political deliverer that he wasn't coming. He had something greater planned, right? He wanted to save people's souls, 
not just deliver them from this tyrannal tyranny of Rome. Thoughts? Uh, I think you, I think it's a good place to just pause for a minute and say, you know, that he, he was our deliverer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I do think we get caught up because like I said, we got 10, 12 uh, questions all dealing with politics. Yep. And where is Jesus in all this? Yeah. And, and I guess homework I would say is where do you, where did you see Jesus today? You yeah. know, as you're driving, listening, whatever to this, where did you see Jesus today? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of times we're so focused on politics and the news yep. that we're not stopping to show our neighbors uh, Jesus, to share Jesus, to tell people about Jesus and show them that, yep. you know? Absolutely. So good. So good. You know, uh, and are you, I mean, you may be moving towards the landing zone. I'm, right? I'm, I'm with you. So we, we're, no. we're movable and all that. No, like I, I love one of the questions that came in was, okay. was put pointing us back to another text in scripture, which I love. Yeah. Let me go. Right? Because I, I looked at that and I go, oh man, someone's trying to go theologically deep on us, which is but awesome. They like, wanted you to deeper dive is what this is. It is. They wanted you to compare Romans 13, one to, I believe it was Hosea. I'm going off memory here. I got to find my notes. Hosea 8 4. Yes. 8 4. Okay. And let me read Hosea 8 4. Well, do you have Romans 8 13 1 in front of you? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And then I'll read Hosea 8 4. In the ESV, it says, They make kings, but not through me. They set up princes but I knew not with their silver and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. Yes. Okay. I love this because this is on the surface, something that may look like a contradiction. And so if, if we believe the Bible is fully authority, which we do, like it's inspired by God, it's profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, training, and there's not an iota, not a dot that will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Um, so what, what does this actually mean? Well, so, I would say on surface, when it says they they made kings, but not through me, it may sound like that, okay, it, it's conflicting with Romans chapter 13, that those who are in authority were, exist because they were instituted by God, right? When you look deeper, it's actually saying the same thing, that God put leaders in their positions, and this points back to when the people rebelled and put Jeroboam in the position of king. Now, does that mean it was God's desire for Jeroboam to be king? Well, we know Romans 8, 28 and 29, that God works all things together for good for those that know him and are called according to his purpose. So now what does that mean? Uh, That means that God is going to use even poor decisions around political leaders, even in our country, to bring about something good in the end right? And I believe that God is going and is doing that right now. I believe that there is a sharpening going on. I believe that there is a, there's some people that are turning to politics and not Jesus that didn't know Jesus in the first place, right? And God used that in the time of the people of Israel to send them into exile to, to prompt them to repent and then to position them to be ready for the coming of the Messiah, even though some initially missed him, right? He used that time. And so uh, I, I look back to the story of David, and uh, I referred to this on, on Sunday, Saul, right? Mm-hmm. David was anointed king by God, but yet David still did not cross 
the Lord's anointed when he had the opportunity to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and that's crazy to me. What does that look like? It does not mean we don't, but was Saul asking David to sin? No, Saul wasn't asking David to sin. If David had been asked to sin, he would not have done it, right? But so, David was not going to cross the Lord's anointed. And so that, that's, it's just this fascinating to me collision of we can, we can rebel, we could, we could vote the wrong way, uh, and, and God is still going to use that for his good in the end, right? Does that mean it was outside of his sovereign control? No, it was not outside of his sovereign control. Uh, we can rebel against him, and he's still sovereign and in control. Does that make sense? Like, it wants to blow my mind a little bit, but to me it makes total sense. It's actually saying, I think, the same thing that Romans chapter 13 is saying. Wow. Well, bring it, bring it. You got <laughs> excited about that one. If you were in here, he uh, if you didn't know a little behind the scenes, Sam, when he gets really excited in meetings, will jump up and knock his chair over or throw a pen, and that's basically what he was doing, yeah. similar to what you would do if you were Baylor and scored a touchdown, but, you know, which happens a lot. But, uh Bringing it back to Baylor Bringing all the it time. Back. All yeah. the time. All, <laughs> all the, the time. time. But uh, we do hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, we ended with a pretty deep theological, but this is, as you said, we're digging a little deeper on things. We do hope you'll stick with us uh, over the next, I think it's eight, nine weeks. Uh, we're going to be finishing out Romans. So by the end of uh, starting last January and going all the way up to the Christmas season, we will have walked through all of Romans together as a church. And hopefully you've been part of that. If you've missed any, again, you can go to firstmckinney.com slash on demand. As I've said at the beginning, we'd love for you to like, share, especially as we're getting back in the routine of doing this more. Uh, this coming up week, he already said earlier, Justin's going to be preaching on loving your neighbor. Yeah. Um, we hope you'll come for that or watch us online, join us online. And if not, join us as we continue this podcast. I'll give you the final word. And again, I didn't say for the podcast, text question 96123. I'm so excited about what's ahead. Loving our neighbor during this political time, I mean, it relates directly. And then he's going to lead us in. How do we not pass judgment on one another? How do we not cause a brother to stumble? And we've got to dig into what that looks like right now during this time in order to, I believe, honor Jesus in our relationships. And so it's, again, intensely practical for us right now. So relevant. Can't wait. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.